0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Season 3, Episode 1 of the Average to Elite Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lowe, and for Season 3, we are taking a slightly different approach. When Seasons 1 and 2 was very much from an education and teaching perspective, uh, we looked at areas for developing body composition, performance for game day, for the training week, recovery. We looked at methods of making weight safely and effectively, we looked at immune function, we looked at return to play from injury or surgery, um, you name it, there's loads of uh, content in there for you to explore and learn. But from season three, what we're doing is looking at actually how to apply and implement this. Because I was receiving quite a few questions of Chris, I understand the theory, this is great, but I don't quite understand the application and uh, implementation. So you know, how do I achieve this? You know, what do the athletes you work with and coach uh, do to achieve this high level of performance and high level of success in this sport? So I've dedicated season three to finding this out and asking them these exact questions. uh, So you guys can have a great amount of insight, uh, inspiration and ideas to plug and play into your own uh, athletic development plan and your own life. So this is an absolutely awesome series, I'm really looking forward to getting into it. Uh, We got an amazing uh, guest to start off. We got Josh Bassett, who is a professional rugby player for Wasps Rugby. I've had the pleasure and privilege of working with Bass for quite a few years now. first of all, through my athlete coaching programme and then into Wasps Rugby itself. So in today's show, we're basically looking at in quite a lot of detail, what Bass eats on a day-to-day basis for training days through different intensities and demands, what he does on rest days, what he eats on game day minus one, how he prepares on game day, his recovery strategies and habits, how he balances a very, very high standard of body composition with Hannah's social life, with a family life. Um, there's a huge amount of gold, essentially, you're going to receive uh, and get from this episode. So it's an absolutely awesome one to kick off season three and really uh, really looking forward to you guys learning from the main man himself. So let's get into it. Uh, enjoy guys.
1: Mr. Josh Bassett, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Excited to be on here. Excited to, well, give a little bit of my knowledge, but pluck. It. I'm sure I'll be able to pluck some more out of you as well, which is exciting.
0: Excellent, mate. Excellent. So I know you are incredibly busy and uh, I've been working with you for quite a long time now. So it's fantastic to have you on and uh, yeah, really appreciate and value your time. So just to have a brief overview in terms of the podcast so far, so seasons one and two, I've been looking at more of the theory kind of side of things. So going into whether it's game day, fueling, body composition and giving like the more of the prescriptive kind of stuff. But what a lot of the viewers were struggling with is how to, or listeners, should I say, is how to actually implement this into their own lives and into their own physical uh, and athletic development. So because I've been working with you for a long time and I know the standards that you implement with, and I like to think you do everything very, very, very well. I thought you'd be a great candidate to have on and uh, basically get a good insight. And hopefully the listeners can get some inspiration on how to implement everything into their own sport going forward so um yeah we've got a favorite to cover today and I'm really looking forward uh to what you have to say so um so basically um want to just kind of set the scene so I clearly know who you are and I'm sure a lot of uh the listeners who play rugby and follow rugby will know who you are uh but also have a lot of combat sport athletes uh football players endurance athletes that are listening as well so for them uh essentially who are you and what do you do?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I'm Josh Bassett. I've been a professional rugby player for 11 years now. So getting on a bit, but uh been with, was with Bedford for two years in the championship. Then I've been at Was now into my ninth season. So been there a while. Um, yeah. And obviously, like you said, you've been working with yourself, what, probably four years now, four to five years. So um, there's definitely a journey there. And I think there's a, there's a big journey with nutrition kind of, from Bedford where you know a kind of my rise in rugby I would say was quite quick I went from you know not getting into county to then playing England under 20s in the space of uh, 18 months so that kind of rise and as I will get on to later but um, yeah just like my, my knowledge in nutrition has definitely has grown and like you said working with yourself um, has definitely just highlighted a lot of areas that i needed to improve on um and it's the consistency but you've put a lot of pressure on me now to say implement it well so our best our best do it justice
0: i think that that's just one word you kind of mentioned there straight away is consistency and from working with yourself like you are one of the most consistent guys i know and obviously that is a huge thing like not just for like athletes but for general population as well you may see them implement a a quote-unquote diet for Three weeks, six weeks, twelve weeks, and then they go back to old eating habits and behaviors. You develop this like like this system and structure to work from that you can implement consistently for a very long period of time. And obviously, you've been you no know, playing rugby for a long time, and I'm sure that's developed quite considerably. And I think you're pretty set with what you're what you're doing now. So, which we will cover uh, in due course. But if, in terms of yourself and your own goals, whether it's uh, performance, physical development, like what, what are you working on? at the moment I think uh kind of a big
1: one kind of I suppose strength and conditioning which will lead into my nutrition as well is there was oh, I think it was two three seasons now I can remember we had our, my calories quite high and I was putting on weight and I was getting heavier and heavier in a good way putting on muscle obviously fortunate being lean uh naturally lean and I was getting heavier and then it was it was like my power to weight ratio where was that going um and i think that's the big thing that i've definitely been working with the snc at the moment is looking at that like can i you know stay around that 98 kilos 99 kilos but look to progress in my jumps in that kind of stuff you know moving at um moving lower weights at a real high force um so that's definitely something i've worked probably on the last kind of 8 weeks um and did some testing this week actually on jumps and and that's improved so it's nice to see that you know like we said been in professional sport now for 11 years but still always just looking where can I get these little marginal gains because they all add up and you know that that's the fun stuff isn't it being able to run fast jump high being able to bench a lot squat a lot you know it's them little things and being able to see it in a metric um in the gym just really helps so hopefully obviously transfers to on the pitch but being able to see it in the gym, something that you've, you know, focused on um, is exciting because it, it it proves that, you know, your application is, you know, is
0: working. Uh, absolutely. And it just comes down to that specificity, doesn't it? So, you know, you've been playing rugby before a long time professionally now and you're still looking for those extra areas where you can improve and again fine-tune so just coming back to when like a couple of years back now when we push calories um quite high i remember one pre-season you were pushing in it's like over 800 grams of carbs and you are still kind of getting you build building muscle but you're getting lean at the same time is uh, a ridiculous uh <laughs> ridiculous thing to to see um so in terms of now like how how has that changed so just try to <laughs> On a training
1: day, I've kind of reduced my fat a little bit, I would say, like early in the morning. So instead of having, obviously, we're fortunate and we get breakfast and lunch at the club, instead of having eggs in the morning, obviously, great. it's a great food source, great source of protein, but there is some fat with it. So I've reduced that by maybe having a protein shake or maybe having some dried meat to keep that a bit leaner then. So then that reduces my overall fat for the day a little bit. So it allows them carbs to stay pretty high um, and kind of fuel the training. Because obviously we know um, at, at WASP we, we train pretty hard and it's a three-day model. So it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So then with them days getting harder as we go. So I need to make sure my carbs and I'm still replenished because if I'm not recovered, then I'm not going to get to the hardest training day and I'm going to be depleted. So that was kind of the trade off for me was to reduce that fat a little bit. And that also allowed me to learn during the day, not having 20 grams of fat in the morning, maybe, or maybe a little bit more if I was, you know, had a little bit of smoked salmon or something to be able to then have that later on in the evening. So just to, just to not waste that fat early on to be able to then make, you know, food a bit more palatable in the evening. So I was getting something that I really enjoyed at night time um to help me switch off a little bit um so that was the main thing those were the two reasons kind of keep being able to keep them carbs high and then just being able to have a little bit of enjoyment before I go to bed
0: yeah so this is something we're going to get on to uh later on is just to find that balance between the performance and the social the family kind of aspect of things um so still acknowledging that calories are still absolutely key but then within that day how you're periodizing your carb base periodizing your fat so and not just thinking of that day itself, but how that affects day two, day three, and then ultimately how you're going to feel on the weekend. So that that was that really really cool. Just to take one step back in terms of the development stuff you're doing with the SNC guys now. Um, obviously, you went to sort of look at jumping higher, sprinting fast, and everything. Uh, what, what just out of interest, what are the goals there in terms of meters per second? Do you have any sort of tangible kind of targets you're going for? Or um, so. I, th- I think the main thing was
1: just to see an improvement because I'd kind of been in that, I'd kind of stagnated almost. I'd been hitting, I can't, I don't know the exact metric that we're jumping on because we're there on the fourth platform and it's all very technical, but I was stagnating at six, at 60. Um, that was my thing, which was, it was a good standard for my position. Um, but I was like, I think I've got more in me. I was like, I think, you know, with where my high speed is i think that there should be more and i think it's something that like i said you always want to be able to jump higher um so and then i think this week i've recorded like a 67 and i was very disappointed because the first one the fourth platform didn't record it and i'm sure it was the biggest So i'm going to tell myself it was the <laughs> same, but luckily i back I backed it up with um a 67 and then a 66 so you know, just that marginal game that might not sound like a lot but for me that's something that's been you know kind of eight weeks planning towards it doing the right stuff and it's also like with nutrition anything with muscle building with physiology it's getting to know um, the players and what they react best with so now talking to Luke our SNC who does our programming he's like oh that, that's really interesting so we can see that you know you're really good at moving heavy stuff really quickly, but we need to do maybe a bit more contrast with lighter weights so you get your body firing, you get your neurons firing, and that and that that seems to have had a really good um, outcome. So that's exciting because that means now going forward we can implement that, and then hopefully we can you know see a real big improvement. But it's just like like I said, getting to know getting to know where your body reacts the best. Um, with nutrition
0: with you know conditioning with all that stuff and that's the the detail I really love the fact that you, you go into is always looking at right was the performance outcome and how is that going to translate into rugby into your actual performance on the field it isn't just case of that's just shifts in weight for the sake of shifting weight it's like actually specific and I think that's probably something that a lot of other athletes perhaps won't take into account it's I like got my SNC boxed off because and they just take it off as they went to the gym. They don't have that level of detail. What's the outcome, what they actually are looking for. And then obviously now your nutrition is tying into this and your body composition is tying into this. So just on the, the body composition side, because every athlete is always going to be thinking of like higher muscle, lower fat, improve their power weight or strength weight ratio. So I know the fact that you are uh, in incredible shape uh, and you have been very consistent with this. So you mentioned that before perhaps going up to like 100, 101 and dropping down to, you know, that 99, 98, how do you feel that has impacted you? Like you're looking for these fine margins. Now Do you see a noticeable difference now, one or two kilos in your jumping ability, your sprinting performance and everything in between.
1: Um, Yeah, I would say so. I'd say it's, Obviously, with rugby, it's an 80-minute game that's very attritional. You know, one week you could be playing on a 4G, the next week you could be playing on a pitch that, you know, has been battered with rain, snow, whatever, so the conditions aren't where you need to be. Um, So for me, it was like exactly what you said. It was always finding that balance of being able to, right, can I, one, fulfil the 80 minutes required of me, but then also... Can I excel at the 60th minute? Can I excel at the 70th minute? Can I excel at the 80th minute? And what does that look like for me in my position? Um, do I need to be, like we said, 100 to 102 because I'm carrying more? Or do I need to be 98, 99 because it's going to be more kick chase? It's going to be more um, maybe line break, getting on the end of a line break? And that was kind of what I needed to look at. Um, like you said, it wasn't a bad 101, 102. I was getting at. I wasn't putting on fat, I was putting on muscle, which again, it's always really exciting. You're like, oh, I'm getting leaner and I'm putting on muscle. So you were it's always, it's a it's a little bit addictive, isn't it? You're like, oh, I can like what could I get to? Could I get to 105? But it was like, is that going to be beneficial for what the outcome we wanted? And I just felt that being at 98. 99 it allowed me to one keep my strength where i wanted it to be but like you said one if it's easier to run around at 98 kilos and at 102 um it's easier to be faster at one, at 98 than 102 so it was just it was finding that balance and you know I, you could say well why don't you go down to 94 kilos but it's like i feel like 98 99 for me is that kind of that um that that magic spot where i can kind of get the benefits of everything i'm not too light so i might lose you know a bit of kind of um weight in contact but also you know i'm not too heavy that i'm slowing down or that, you know the power isn't there so that seems to be perfect for me
0: yeah absolutely and like what we have with wasps now is that kind of almost like two criteria, like one, find your fight weight. So if you, it probably is that 98 to 99 kilo. And then once you found that, so first of all, find weight is to support that collision dominance and um, things like that. And then secondly, secondly, then is refine composition within that. And uh, you know, we've also got standards for different positions with that and uh, yeah, you are ticking the boxes on both at the moment so it's, it's absolutely great and to answer i don't think you could get down to 94 kilos uh, i think we would have to chop your arm off really to get that <laughs> uh, we can try we can try those where there's well a will there's a way oh uh, i'm not sure about that one <laughs> <laughs> cool so in terms of the uh the nutrition side of things so i think we've got a good understanding of what you do where you're like your development is going and how you want to play the game. So how does the nutrition then support that? So from like a training day and rest day, is there any particular differences between the two? You mentioned that you operate on like a three-day model at the moment. So train day one, two, three, then perhaps a rest day then. Um how, how does how does everything look for you? So what does a day in a life look like for you on a training day? to start with, you mentioned about sort of dropping fat at the morning to so prioritize higher carbohydrates, give more flexibility with higher fat-based foods in the evening. So what does what a typical day look like to you from say breakfast all the way through to your, your evening? Yeah, so
1: obviously with the game being on say, Saturday, coming on a Monday, um, depending on how kind of confrontational I think that game's been, how many bumps and bruises I've taken, I'll kind of adjust my kind of calories, relatively because obviously the more impacts i've taken the more calories i'm going to need to repair so um it will just be coming in in the morning like i said i'll have a protein shake uh, and then i'll have a pretty big bowl of porridge honey wax and blueberries in there get that in and then we go obviously meetings into the gym come out the gym then that'll be snacks so again i'll probably back that up with um the rice crispy square who can beat it eh? (laughs) hey so get you get a couple of them in
0: it's going to be my legacy somehow. I, don't, I, don't
1: I, I think you've got shares in it secretly. <laughs> They're they coming like a commodity. They're going to be trading. You're going to be able to buy. It's going to be like the new Bitcoin Rice Krispie Squares. Um, so, yeah, so I have a couple of Rice Krispie Squares. Again, um, maybe a protein shake or dried meat, which one, whichever one I've had in the morning, I'll, I'll swap to the other one. Um, then we'll obviously go outside. Monday's pretty light. So, yeah. Um, Nothing too strenuous. Come in, then we're fortunate. Like I said, we have amazing food at the club. So do whatever's for offer of there. Obviously, keep protein high, carbs. Um, get some, get some veggies. Maybe a bit of fruit in, um, and then finish. Come home, we we'll get another snack in. Then, whether it's just like something pretty easy, like. A chicken wrap something like that or a smoothie something real palatable obviously with the of three kids now i just need ease that's all that's all it is for me nutrition wise now that's what it is it's it's ease um and then in the evening um it will be we we kind of plan our week out so we have like our, our kind of i'd say we have about eight to nine meals that we just rotate We've also done, you know, we've done HelloFresh before and then just made sure, obviously, they're pretty good, pretty well balanced. Um, obviously, I, I'm, I'm the eagle eye on that, making sure that they're not, you know, not what I need to be or if they're a bit low in protein, then make sure we're just buying some extra chicken for that week so then we can bump that up and, and get that to where I, I need it to be. But they're, they're pretty well balanced, like I said, and I can just add, you know, or take away things where I need to. And that kind that kind of model for a day one continues for a Tuesday, but again, just up them carbs a little bit. Tuesday, a bit more strenuous is our speed day. Um, and then Wednesday, that's our really tough day. So I need to make sure I've got Monday and Tuesday, right, even though you know Monday we're not doing that much. I need to make sure I've eaten enough so I'm repaired and refueled to get that speed day. And then the Wednesday, that's the big one. That's the tough one. That's kind of the the overtraining, you know above above game intensity so you need to be really fueled up for that so that's that's getting that Tuesday really right like I said them carbs and then um that morning very similar breakfast just stick to what I know get that porridge in like I said maybe a few rice crystal squares keep them carbs high fueled up for it um and then on a day off a day off I tend to kind of my first feeding would be um would, would just be protein focused really so it would be again something really simple just and then trying to keep that uh, that kind of first like carb feeding I suppose push that back a little bit push that eating window for that a bit back so just kind of keep the protein ticking over so we're not we're not breaking any muscle down but keep that carb feeding to about lunchtime um that's the best way I've found to kind of try and keep my weight down to that kind of like we said that 98 mark is I need somewhere along the line to reduce them carbs a little bit and and that seems to be the best place for me um and then go to a, a, a team run day the day before a game that's where for me the it goes to eating for instead of eating for pleasure as much it's eating for function like I'm eating here to get ready for the game the next day so some of the lads take, take the mick out of me for it, but I, I won't have sugar on this day, like whatever it is. I just, I, I won't have it in kind of like refined sugar form. So even if we're in a hotel hotel and there's the, you know, the the crumble that everyone loves to skim, like that just is my one day where that, that won't get touched, you know. Um, that's just all about eating for the game. So again, that's pretty easy on them days. My main sources of carbs will be, you know, rice, um, I'm all over Rice Krispies at the minute, just so palatable, so easy, um, very well, obviously balanced macro-wise for what I need and just really easy on the stomach because I was finding if I was eating later on on a team run day, that it was carrying on and maybe affecting my sleep a little bit because I was having to consume so much food. So that allows me with kind of then palatable foods to get that in nice and early. And then that means I'm in a good place to get a good night's sleep um but then we'll go yeah so that
0: that that's basically my plan i know that's a lot of waffling a lot, no, 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 of, it's a cool. lot of information <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to sort of pull from there so two big things that jump out for me straight away is that you plan and you keep things simple so they're absolutely huge i think a lot of people kind of think and perceive elite athletes have just doing all this like awesome micro kind of managing everything and everything's super 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 detailed we're, and it has to be complex, we say, uh, almost like NASA level of like planning, but you're trying to keep things nice and, nice and simple and straightforward so it complements not complements, sorry, complements not complicates what, what you're doing. So simplicity is a really big one there, which is really cool. And you still plan, like um, just the planning elements of it. You're looking at the demands of each day and also how perhaps day one impacts day three how you're recovering after a game that impacts day one and what you could do there. So you mentioned that based on your level of soreness, you perhaps eat a little bit more to support recovery and the healing process there. So these kind of things that you have like that planned kind of structure in place, but then you're happy to auto-regulate based on how you're feeling. So if you're feeling good, you could pull things down. If you're like, wow, my body's really sore from a very um, like demanding heavy hitting game you push up a little bit more. So it's quite cool to see how you will then yeah, adapt accordingly and not within this kind of rigid kind of structure. I must eat eat that, you know?
1: Yeah, that is, that's exactly it. And I think, don't get me wrong, we obviously, when we first started together, I asked for, you know, exactly what I was having at each meal and I was going to cook that, and I did that. And that worked really well for me. But at that time, I had no kids. I could come back and I could say to the missus, right, this is what we're doing. We're having this, this, and this and you know i need this bloody blah blah and that was that worked really well but like you said now unfortunately like there has to be a bit of give and take and i need to get back i need to get back and i can't be like right we've got to have this and i've got to have it at this time i just need exactly like you said like one plan make sure i've got the stuff i need and then two it's the simplicity of food like am i getting the macros i need to get to by the end of the day um and it's, it's kind of them hours, probably the tough hours are like from three till six when, you know, you're back from training, getting the kids, playing with the kids, getting them ready for bed, bath time, all that. That's the one where I think a lot of people can slip up because it, it's easy. And I, and I definitely have done that. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. It's it's not a bad thing, but it's it's recognizing it. And then being able to get stuff that will stop you doing that, so it's like easy things. Like, we, like you know, I'm I'm a big fan of like the grenade carb killer shakes. One, they they're pretty well macro based, um, and they're de- and they're delicious. So it feels like I'm getting something that's you know that's kind of a bit naughty, but it's quick, it's easy. I know what I'm getting. And, you know, whereas before I would make a smoothie with, you know, all this stuff in it, I just don't, don't have the time for that now. So it's just like you said, planning and then simplicity. So I can get back, get it in. And I know that I'm not going to go, right. I'll just grab this, I'll grab a chocolate bar or grab whatever. If I've got to take Teddy swimming or something, like I know that I can make something like an informed choice. That's going to be, um, that's going to be beneficial to me because that's what adds up, isn't it? At the end of the day, if you did that, consistently and it's like, well, of oh my meals are going up here or my weight's going up. You know, I'm not I'm feeling a bit sluggish. It's like, well, what's that? What's the danger zone? And that is, is that is that free till six when you're away from the club and you're a bit tired, you know, you've had a tough day and it's that that that's the easiest time to uh to kind of go wrong with it. And I don't think food's one of them things that you should just eat for fuel. It's not. It's like something that's holistic, something that you know can can get you away from rugby get you away from being a professional sportsman so I think there's definitely an opportunity for that but I find that time is like post when I've put the kids to bed so I can like relax cook dinner cook something that we want something that I'm going to enjoy and like I said that's why I save my a bit more fat for later on so I can have you know for heaters, make sure I've made a nice guacamole or whatever so you know that's when I can enjoy it and get that enjoyment out of my food a bit more it's it's finding the
0: purpose of what i'm eating for and at, at what time yeah th- th- that is very cool so um a big thing there that you mentioned on is your eating environment at home just making sure you have the foods the right foods available that support what you need at that time so perhaps like some of the younger academy lads that get through normal kind of day of training like you get back really tired and there's nothing in the house there's nothing in the cupboards what's the easiest thing th- for them to do pop down the shop and get, you know, X, Y, Z kind of hyper food or just jump on delivery and just get something ordered where you are, you're planned, you have something available and, you know, you can implement that. So basically you got that flexibility, you periodize the flexibility within your day, which is really cool. Uh, But then, you know, that's backed up with good planning and having those foods available, which is absolutely key. Yeah, so it's, yeah, absolutely awesome. So, and again, that's just the last thing of just highlighting where perhaps the danger zones are. You know, that three, four, five, six PM. You know, just making sure your environment really supports that, and you've done that very, very well. So that is absolutely cool. In terms of the rest days, then I really like the approach of you know wake up, get some protein in, and therefore we can still have. Uh, good calorie management throughout the day, but we're still having multiple protein hits throughout the day to support muscle protein synthesis, recovery, adaptation, and all that good stuff. So then I imagine then you're pulling down carbohydrates, you're pulling down fat, or how do you tend to periodize there? Or do you just focus on just overall calorie intake and protein hits on a, a rest day? Um, I
1: would, yeah, I'd reduce, reduce both, reduce carbs and fats. Like that's a pretty, my rest days are pretty low key. Um, I try and catch up on a bit of sleep. With The kids they've woken me up nice and early, normally Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So that's my day to kind of get a bit more, get a bit more sleep. So, yeah, I just re- keep my protein, make sure my protein's nice and consistent throughout the day. Um, and then both carbs and fat just reduce them pretty low, depending on you know what, what am I doing on that off day? Is it going to be one where I'm just doing the school run, maybe just going to the park, or is there a bit more stuff going on? Um, but yeah, I will reduce both of them down and to keep, to keep it them both at um, a, a reasonable level nothing nothing too too low because again like I said I've still got to recover from what's just happened I've still re- got to recover from the day three which is our toughest day the Wednesday um, and I want to be in a good place to go to team run because our team runs are short sharp um, but they are fast so you don't want to go there obviously depleted because then again that means team run day I'm going to be have to eat you know a thousand like a thousand gram of carbs which by the end of it you're just like <laughs> i don't want to eat any more carbs <laughs> i don't want to eat any more rice crispy loads that i've had enough <laughs>
0: um
1: but no that that would be my main thing and then obviously we'll get on to um supplementation throughout the week um the week that we take but
0: yeah that's nutrition wise where i go cool so i think uh, a few listeners are probably thinking why you have so much cereal on game d minus one um, why is this so first of all if you're roughly 100 kilos six grams per kilo of carbs 600 grams you know that's a lot of carbohydrates to get on board and if you're having healthy good sources of carbohydrates all the time potatoes your rice whatever you can be pushing over centigrams of fiber and that's going to give you a lot of gastrointestinal distress and you're perhaps going to f- wake up the next morning feeling quite heavy and bloated where we need to feel kind of light and tight so this is where we have to introduce like these more carb-dense, lower-fibre-based foods, i.e. cereal, so you can actually just get everything in. Because what you perhaps see is that you're 8, 9 o'clock at night, you still got 300 grams of carbs to hit, and then you're just shoveling loads of fuel, fuel in, and you're just struggling the next morning because you know you just feel really heavy and bloated from the amount you ate the night before, and that's not going to be the best preparation going into, say, a 3 p.m. kickoff. So, yes, yeah, it's nice like even periodizing specific foods for those days, to make sure you get everything in. So. And who who doesn't love eating rice crispies? You know what I <laughs> mean. So.
1: <laughs> no,
0: um, they, they they are the best, and uh yeah, those shares are, are going up. So <laughs> they're but, going through the roof. <laughs> I need to get a response from the podcast if that's (laughs) (laughs) that's possible. So, in terms of um, the food, we kind of covered that throughout the kind of training week. What about the supplementation side? Like, is there any ones that you look to implement from both training and health? What's currently in your toolbox?
1: Yeah, so I get most of my stuff through HealthSpan Elite, obviously all informed sport tested, which we need to take as athletes. So, they do a sport essential, which is Amiga probiotic and a multivit so that's kind of just a consistent um get them free and you know they're kind of like my basics really then on top of that you have my creatine beta alanine again like all the information obviously from you but so well researched there's so much detail on them how like well they are um then what else i take Glucosamine and chondroitin that's something that i used to take early on in my career for a bit um went away from it. I was struggling with a bit of a knee uh issue. Um, and the treatment and stuff I was getting was kind of helping, but it wasn't then. I started retaking this in the tablet form again from healthspan And that has completely changed the pain in my knee, which again, it could be complete placebo. I don't have a clue, but I'm taking it because it, it's worked amazing. And I think as for me, as you started getting you know, um progressing into your career having played a lot of rugby, I see it as a pretty um simple thing to take that it it might work for some people, it might not work for others, but you know, looking after your joints as you get older is definitely something that I want to do. Um and then on obviously the day before um on team run day, game day, day minus one, I'll go my nitrates, so my nitrate shots from sis so i have one in the morning another one in the evening and then that'll lead me on to game day where i have one three hours before kickoff also take sodium citrate three hours before kickoff um which that's the another lactate buffer as well as beta alanine and then i'll take creatine an hour and a half before 10 grams obviously for cognitive um help improve cognitive function we we trialed bicarbonate of soda, didn't we, Lozy? But it didn't have. Uh, well, it it might have had the desired effect, but it also had another effect, which uh, which was a bit tough. But
0: <laughs> it, it got sure. you moving quickly, didn't it? it, oh, the, g- right it
1: yeah, it, it certainly yeah. did. But no, like you said, we, um, we've got we've got a plan to try that again around, um, you know, meal timing and stuff like that, which which will be interesting. But yeah, so they're the things, and then probably Cherry Active after a game get that in to help me sleep. Um, but yeah, that's it. I wouldn't say there's anything too, too out there, anything, you know. I'm not preaching about BCAAs and stuff like that, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's just the basics. Don't get me wrong. If something new comes on the market, I always get excited and you always get a message off me saying, Losey, check this out. What's the research saying about this? Like, I'm always looking for something that's going to, you know, it going to be exciting it's going to help me recover fast or it's going to increase my lactate threshold or increase my power output um but yeah i just try and be real consistent with them they're the ones the creatine beta alanine your uh probiotic amigas and multivits they're, they're the ones that i'd say are, are very consistent for them.
0: yeah awesome so you kind of got that nutrition insurance policy of like your uh, omega-3s and probiotics and uh, multivitamin. And then you've got your more sports-specific training ones, i.e. you're creating beta alanine. you're just running throughout the course of the season. And then going into the games, then you just add on top the sodium citrate, um, perhaps bicarbonate, but we we'll keep the citrate for now as uh, <laughs> an additional like extracellular buffer. And then additional creatine, uh, a little bit higher to support the cognitive uh, function, especially if you have like, a little bit of a bad night's sleep. And then, obviously, like the thirty-hour nitro load, we run like two on the day before, one, two point five, or three hours before kickoff, which is cool. So, going into game day itself, um, from a eating perspective, so we know that you like your uh, rice krispies on a game day minus one big carb intake, keeping fiber low. What do you typically do on a game day, say for a three PM kickoff?
1: Yeah, so I normally wake up about anyway if I'm at home. It would be anywhere between half six to half seven. Do the do the kind of early shift with the kids. Um, let the missus get some more sleep in. Then I'll eat around half eight. Um, if I'm at home, that'll vary between like right again rice krispies, nice and easy with like a banana on it. Um, maybe some maybe some eggs, or I'll go have a protein shake again. Or and but if that's at a hotel, I'll probably go porridge. Again, nice and simple. A bit of porridge and scrambled eggs can can have that. Then after I've eaten that, I'll go back to bed, get another hour, just get a bit more sleep in. Um, then three hours before, I'll probably go um, like three quarters of a chicken breast and then just half a pack of microwave rice. Real simple, nothing exciting. It's the, bl- the most bland meal in the world. But um, I know what I'm getting from that can just chop that up and just shovel it in and that's that's me done and then depending on how I'm feeling maybe an hour and a half before kick off. I might have a rice crispy square or half a banana um depending on how I'm feeling and then you've got obviously my caffeine shot um well two caffeine shots an hour before kick off and then I'll take a caffeine gum um as I'm going out to warm up. That's it. So yeah. Pretty simple. Oof. Pretty simple. Like we say, we do, do 90% of my eating the day before. So the game day is just really all focused around just a minor little tweak, tweaks, just topping everything up.
0: Yeah. So, so that's a really interesting point. Like a lot of people think that the pre-match meal is incredibly important where they have to get a lot of food, a lot of carbohydrates in. And most of the time, nine times out of 10, um, they go into the field feeling really heavy, bloated, and now, ultimately, if all our food and carbohydrates in your stomach, uh, it's not in muscles where it needs to be, is it? So be proactive with the fueling, starting the day before, do all the heavy lifting with that then. And then all you do on game day is topping up. So it sounds like you do quite a big kind of breakfast and then just taper in your portion sizes, carbohydrates as you're going to kick off then. So nice and simple game day for me is not a, a period, an opportunity to get fancy with the nutrition, real kind of basic Again, keeping your fiber intake low, there as you kind of mentioned, no veggies with that pre-match meal, no real veggies or for breakfast, um, if you do like having vegetables for breakfast. So you're just keeping that nice and low, nice and simple. So you're going into kickoff, feeling kind of light and tight. So a que- question um, I often get is like, when my nutrition is working right during the game, how should I feel? So i ask that question to you. When do you know that you have your nutrition right? Like, how, how do you feel in terms of your performance, like subjectively? Like, how does that look for you?
1: Yeah. I, like you said, I think the big one is feeling light and then going in, feeling bouncy for me. Um, and then I suppose it's when it comes to that first kind of like big output in a game where it's like that first long bout, whether it's a big like kick chase into, you know, like a big carry. Is then how quickly you kind of recover from that, um, you know. In the past, when you haven't when I haven't got my nutrition right, that'll be you know it, it will definitely take me longer to recover. And then I think the big one is I suppose sixty minutes plus. That's where you really know if you've got your nutrition right. Because um, you can have all the the carb gels and everything before that everyone will do because it's on the side they'll take it and that that will that will tide you over for the first half the caffeine will and all, everything that kicking in but it's kind of sixty minute plus that's where do you still feel like you've got something in the tank like do you still feel like if you really need to go you can go and that that's where I would say the kind of getting your nutrition right will give you that extra that extra bit and um all them other little things you do the beta and the creatine they're, they're they're additional to that they help boost you up it, and it's everything we spoke about is the consistency of doing it um
0: all the time so in terms of your game day then are you consistent with the plan of action every single time do you have to make adjustments or you know like that works for me all i'm doing now is just ticking boxes as i go through the morning and go through game day
1: yeah exactly um yeah exactly that it's just ticking boxes just um just making sure now i've got i've got the routine it's just stick to that just do that and we should be in a good place
0: yeah amazing and then with the caffeine then sort of looking for you with the double shot and caffeine gum that's about four milligrams per kilo you know the effective range is about three to six so absolutely spot on then throughout the game then what do you typically have like your water bottle? Do you have water electrolytes carb drinks and then do you do anything uh specifically at halftime
1: i would go uh just electrolytes in my um in my water on the pitch and then halftime i go uh, one carb gel get that in depending on how i'm feeling maybe another caffeine gum just to get and a little bit more caffeine get me right to that kind of top end range of where i should be um and that's it and then if i need if i'm if i'm cramping i'll obviously reach for the pickle juice which is the most disgusting but best thing in the world it makes it just go straight away so um yeah that's it again just just real simple don't want anything too too stressful anything i'm having to think too much about it's just getting that stuff
0: um done yeah uh, amazing yeah pickle juice is uh, an interesting one and uh we're lucky we had abby uh, creating our own pickle juice i tried to flavor it a little bit better but ultimately you're still drinking almost straight vinegar and it's uh pretty putrid at the best of times but it tastes better than cramping so cool so in terms of um one of the things we spoke about just finding that balance with perhaps social and maintaining body composition and performance how do you typically do that do you kind of pre-plan um kind of more social events in? if you know that yeah with the boys after a game like how how do you typically approach that because obviously one area that a lot of people struggle with is finding that like how do i maximize my performance maintain body composition to an excellent standard but still have some form of social life How, how do you find that balance there yeah i think it
1: comes back to what we spoke about earlier really with like the day off is like have your protein if you've if you know you're having a big night whatever you're doing going out for a meal going out for some drinks whatever it is so that next day get your protein in and then can you push that the rest of that feeding back a little bit just to help, you know, keep them, keep them carbs, keep them calories a bit down. Cause if you go in, all right, I've had, I don't know, I've gone out for a meal the night before. And then you're like, Oh, I'll have another, Oh, I've I've had that. So I'll go out for breakfast again. It's like, that's fine. You can do that. But at some point you've got to balance out the scale. Like you've, you've got to find that healthy balance. Um, so, yeah, that would be my main thing for me is just like, I don't want to call it like intermittent fasting, but just reducing, you know, it, it's it's just pulling, right? If you're going to have a bit more here, then we have to pull down somewhere else. And it's not something that you have to do, you know, doing it once, overeating once or twice, you know, is fine. It's the consistency of doing it. We keep coming back, in, back to that word, but it's are you overeating for, eight days on the bounce. Well, then yeah, there's going to be an issue. Like there is going to be an issue down the line. So if you're overeating for one or two days, as long as you're not doing 10,000 calorie challenges back to back, then you should be in an okay place to just pull back a bit. Um, You know, you can, instead of getting the bus to work or whatever, if it's walking distance, walk, get your steps up there. Just it's, it's, it's that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Um, if you know if some of the lads have had a, a big weekend you might see them on the spin bike for 20 minutes you know on a Monday because we know for us we're fortunate we know Monday is going to be a pretty light day so you can just tick them legs over for 20 minutes up them calorie uh, up the calories burn and then you're in an okay place so I think that's the thing it's just recognizing when you're going to do it and don't feel like oh I've done it once so now I have to do it two three four five six times and then don't want it to spiral and the next minute you're two weeks down the line and you're in a food coma and you don't know what happened um so it's just recognizing it accepting it because we know food is isn't just about fuel it's also you get so many other things you build relationships over it you know it it's a it's a way of people switching off that's like the big thing for me it's it's switching off um so it's just it's just finding that balance like anything in life finding that balance get the enjoyment and then as a professional athlete, when you're eating for, you know, an outcome, then understand that. But if you're eating for another reason, enjoy it. Enjoy eating. Enjoy going out. Enjoy overindulging now and then. Like, it's, it's nice. It's nice to do it, but just don't do it every day.
0: No, that, that's really good to hear because a lot of people have a lot of guilt associated with eating out, going out for a few drinks. Um, but like you said, now it's just... Acknowledging it, having an awareness around it in terms of calorie intake, and then just balancing the books there. So, calories are currency. If I'm going out for food, that's absolutely okay. I definitely would recommend it because it is great because there's so much associated with food other than just nutrition, the social elements of it, building relationships, all that kind of good stuff. But then it's just how do you balance everything accordingly? And like I said, if you're doing that seven days out of seven, you know, there's going to be uh, issues at the end of the tunnel, and that's where. You get adverse composition, and that's going to negatively impact performance. So, no, that is absolutely, absolutely cool. So, in terms of um, changes, then, as you mentioned, you started off with Bedford, then you went to Wasps, and you've had this nice kind of progression. What do you say are the main differences you've seen or done throughout your development there with the nutrition? So, at the moment, I feel like you got a really nice balance. Obviously, when we started working, we are on like quite structured meal planning, um, which I feel is nice way to start things off because it gives you a good understanding of what a good day of eating looks like based on your demands. But then you kind of progress into my fitness pile and now perhaps more intuitive-based eating, but there's still good elements of planning there. Um, so a nice progression of that skill-based learning, which is nutrition. Uh, so what are the main things you found that you've changed or had an awareness around throughout your development? Yeah, my all I can like
1: say is you would have been appalled at my diet when I was back in Bedford. My um, I was living in uni halls, very fortunate to be playing for Bedford at the time. My diet was absolutely atrocious. And I can remember some games I would in the first 10 minutes, I would be getting like um like blind spots in my vision. And I said to, obviously at Bedford, it's it was a semi-professional club, so we didn't have a nutritionist. So you'd go to the SNC and I was like, look, in the first 10 20 minutes of games here I'm, I'm I'm having like blind spots and I can't really see what's what's going on and he's like right what are you eating like pre-game and like the day before and I was consuming so much sugar in a build up to a game that it was like my insulin was crashing as I was playing so I literally couldn't see what was going on so that's I think where my kind of my divergence to not having sugar the day before a game and the day off has kind of um, started because, yeah, you know, I was having yum-yums before games. I was having bloody sweets, everything. Everything and anything that would be the worst things you could have is what I was having. And again, that was just down to, um, one, being fortunate that, you know, I'm naturally lean. So I'd get my skin folds done and I'd be in a good place. So it's like, well, I eating what's, what's right for me. I'm not fat. It doesn't matter. Um, and two, just not being educated around that. Um, like I said, I kind of went from playing under-17s county level to then a year and a half later, I was in the England under twenty set up and they're talking about all this stuff. And I was like, well, I had no clue about this. Do you know what I mean? I had no clue at all. You know, I got told... Go on protein shakes, do this, but nothing else around what carbs do for you, what fats do for you, um, all that stuff. So, and then I was fortunate obviously to sign for wasps, and that's when you know being in that professional environment helps learning slowly with the nutritionists, and then obviously working with yourself um was definitely the main kind of where my um my education just went through the roof, just knowing right, this is what. This is what you should be having, and these are the reasons why. I think that's the the main thing is learning why. Why? Why am I taking this? Why am I having, you know, this amount of carbs on this day? Why is it reduced on a day off? Once people understand that, I think they can get on board with it. I think when people are told, right, these are your macros for the day, go and have that, and it's like okay, but why are they? Why one day am I having 500 grams of carbs, and then the next day 250? Like if you don't understand the process of it or what it's doing, then of course you're not going to adhere to it because it's just seems like a number to you on a piece of paper. Um, so that was the big thing. Um, it's just um, just understanding and learning and then applying it. Um, because like I said early on, I had no clue. but uh, having learned now, it's just it's just basics really, but it's it's, it's knowing them. Um, and it's so easy to like you said with hyper palatable foods to go off the rails and be like oh yeah i'm eating this that that must be healthy and you know what the supermarkets are like at the minute everything says high in protein or whatever everything looks like a health food but then when you actually look at the nutritional breakdown it's so easy to overconsume calories that you need to understand them otherwise you're going to do it every day
0: yeah, absolutely. And, a, and the big key message there is dedication to education, isn't it? Exactly. Um, this this is it. So also you like with rugby, there's a lot of learning involved with it, like in terms of the technical, tactical. You've learned about the nutrition, the SNC, the sports psychology, all that kind of stuff. How do you almost like find time to to do all this kind of learning? because there's a lot to take well do you perhaps again just periodize like go into the nutrition like right i'm going to learn pretty much everything i need to from the nutrition aspect take that off and then just kind of maintain that then put more emphasis onto the next kind of block or do you kind of jumble it around like how, how do you approach your learning and development because i know a lot of people feel like they need to improve every area of their performance and they try to do it all at once and they get overwhelmed process by analysis and they end up back and square one, or even worse because they feel like a failure ultimately
1: yeah, I think, obviously, the first time we worked together, it was over a 12-week period of where it was like, right, I'm going to take – this is what I'm going to really focus on. That was my – I didn't – obviously, he was doing rugby. It was pre-season, had all that, but that was it. And then when I was away from rugby, the only thing I really focused on was my nutrition. So it's like, right, this is 12 weeks where I'm going to learn about all this stuff, about, you know, like right, my – energy expenditure on a high day my energy expenditure on a medium day all that stuff so I would definitely say don't do bits and bobs here I would say if you're gonna because I don't think it's anything that's revolutionary is it it's it's pretty simple stuff but it's just making sure you're taking it in and really understanding it Um, and that's what I think for me is if you focused on it for like we were a 12 week period um, that allowed me to be in such a good place moving forward. And then I've been able to kind of help that with other people, other players and say, look, this is what I've implemented with Losey. This is where I saw my benefits. You know, this is what he's taught me because i I'd, I'd learned the detail. Whereas I think if I'd done drips and drabs, there's so much misinformation out there with nutrition you'd get half the lads on the bloody carnivore diet or, you know, then you'd have another group of lads that will be game changers and be vegans. And you're like, everyone wants a polarised opinion of something. Everyone wants the next best thing. Like what is going to get me, you know, which don't get me wrong, it's coming from a good place. Everyone just wants to be better or wants to get leaner or stronger, which is 100%. But it's actually look at the evidence-based stuff from a different from from an interesting practitioner and then you can move forward with the evidence because don't get me wrong there's a place for anecdotal studies and stuff like that and how you feel but get that from your own personal you know um when you're trying when you're implementing something get that anecdotal from yourself because you're a different human to someone else so if you're listening to someone who said right let's go carnivore it's like well that might not be the best thing um so i think that's the main thing is just over that 12 week period i learned so much and got the detail and got the like i said the evidence-based so i can move forward with stuff that has been
0: researched and works well yeah that, that that's awesome so it's really a case of just deep diving into one area make sure you become very competent in that and that's going to drive confidence in your ability to implement that going forward and then it's just maintaining it so that that, that's really cool and um yeah that 12 weeks three months almost set you up for the next kind of three to five years you know and now you're just fine tuning seeing what works what doesn't and um yeah that's absolutely awesome and what's really really good um from your perspective and from my perspective because you help me a lot uh when am lot of the club is educating the lads as well so you know enough now about nutrition to not only serve yourself but to serve the other lads as well and help them uh, as well and uh, you know that's just really powerful when it comes from you too so it's very easy to say that you know what you're doing when you can educate others in this area so that is after class so that's a big thank you from me uh Appreciate cool it. a lot so that's cool uh cool we have just come up on the hour mark now um just to finish off final question uh for an athlete trying to improve their nutrition and lifestyle what would you recommend they do what's like the perhaps the top three things they need to focus on to improve their performance their development and get to where they need to go with, with regards to their goals
1: Yeah, so I'd say the first thing is set your goals, like actually set them. Say, right, this is where I want to be. If you don't achieve it, you don't achieve it, but you would have come a long way to get to it. So even if you're going to get 80% of the way in the space of you give yourself three months and you only get 80% of the way, well, that's 80% of the way you've got there. And then you've only got 20% of the way to go. So set them and then kind of break them down. Okay, how am I going to achieve this? Okay, I want to get to... I don't know, let's say you're like for me, example, when I first started was 86 kilos and the goal was to get to 90, 92 when I was at Bedford. It's like, right, okay, how am I going to do that? Right, I need to educate myself first on understanding nutrition. So for me, it would be speak to you, speak to Losey, get a plan put in place. Okay, so that plan's there, ready to go. Then the next thing is applying it and applying that and be accountable. I think that they're the big thing. So it would be, you know, setting, planning, and then accountability. It's like we spoke about earlier. Like, it's okay. People find it easy to adhere for a week, maybe two weeks, but it's then carrying on and doing it consistently for that kind of, that longer period. Because that's when you see the all the gains in nutrition is consistently doing it over periods of time. It's the same with trying to lose fat, everything like that, like everyone will go on these mental diets where they'll lose seven pounds in a week. And it's like, well, you haven't lost seven pounds of fat. You've lost a load of water and you're carb depleted. Like we've got to understand where you are. And then it's going to be, it's going to be small. It's going to be small wins after that. So if it is, your goal is lose fat, you've got to understand that it's going to be slow and steady. You're not going to be, you know, 60 mils one week and then, 45 the next that's that obviously that won't happen especially with them low meals but uh, (laughs) you know i mean it's it's one of them is and then it's with that accountability it's understanding if you do go off you know like we spoke about earlier if you do overeat because you're you know enjoying people's company you're having that kind of downtime that's fine but then we have to change something something else so yeah, those, those would be my main things: is setting the goal, planning how you're going to achieve it, and then be accountable for it. Because if you not don't have that accountability, it'll be pretty, quite easy to just keep pushing it back, pushing it back,
0: pushing it back, and and not achieving it. Very, very cool, and that is a fantastic way to finish this episode of the pod. Uh, yeah, Bass, I've had uh, absolutely great time chatting with you, and. Um, yeah, I've got, you know, a huge amount of value, even though I w- work with you. Um <laughs> well, I've only just
1: re- I've, I've regurgitated everything <laughs> you taught me. So,
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, mate, um, and I hope uh, everyone listening as well has got a huge amount of value of that. And again, just some insight and some inspiration how they can implement that into their own um, sort of performance and careers moving forward. So, uh, yeah, a huge thank you from me, and uh, I really appreciate and value your time.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Um, it's, been, it's, been nice. it's been nice to chat and kind of re reaffirm, you know, the knowledge that I've, I've gained and, and go back over it and keep top-top on it. Incredible. Thank you very much. Here's lozi